Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. There is an interesting story in the Bible about the healing of a paralytic man by the Lord Jesus Christ. The circumstances were unusual to say the least. The man's friends carried him up to a rooftop, removed the tiles, and lowered him down into the room where the Lord Jesus was teaching a crowd of people. Talk about determination. Surely they thought he would be healed. But then something interesting happened. The Lord Jesus didn't seem as concerned about this man's physical condition as he was about his spiritual condition. And he said, your sins are forgiven. Well, why would he say this? The man needed to be healed, didn't he? But to the Lord Jesus, he had a more obvious need. And that need was to have his sins forgiven. The same goes for you and me. With all of our problems, big and small, our greatest need of all is the matter of our soul's salvation. It is the most important thing to God. In today's broadcast, evangelist Mr. Brody Thibodeau applies the gospel truths by taking a closer look at this well-known miracle account from Christ's ministry. I would like to read with you together in the Gospel of Mark in chapter 2, please. We're going to read about the Lord Jesus, and it says in verse number one, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noised, or it was reported, or told about, that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now I want to read that statement by the Lord Jesus one more time before we continue. Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he rose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it 
on this fashion. In other words, they never saw anything like it. Nothing like what had just taken place in front of their eyes when the Lord Jesus had come into contact with this man and had given him not only the use of his legs, but the forgiveness of sins. Now that's what I want to focus on for our meeting tonight is the forgiveness of sins. And this man is an example of many people who have come to know for sure that their sins are forgiven. As we go through this gospel meeting, I would ask you to think. I want you to think honestly about serious things. While we are up here and we have opened the scriptures and we are going to be telling you things from the Bible, we will be presenting you with information. Now, you can take that information and you can do with it what you like. You can take it and you can consider it and you can do what the scriptures would encourage you to do. You can receive it and believe it. Or you can just set it aside and do nothing with it. It's up to you. But a gospel meeting is more than just an information meeting. I hope we realize that. A gospel meeting is actually a time where God is trying to speak to you. Not just give you information, but to try and speak to you to get your attention so that you will stop. You see, this chart beside me shows two different roads that are leading to two different places after we die. The Bible says there are only two places. There is heaven. And we like to think about heaven, don't we? As Christians, we love to think about heaven. And we know some people who are already in heaven. And the Lord Jesus is in heaven. But just as real as heaven is, the scriptures speak about hell. A real place where people go when they die in their sins. Now think, there are people today who close their eyes for the last time on this earth. And they open their eyes in heaven. I wonder exactly what that would be like. I got to visit my friend just a couple of days before he passed away. We sat in that little room in his house where he was taken care of very comfortably by his family. And Art had uh, dementia at this point, but Art knew the words of the gospel hymns. And he was mouthing the words to them even when he was so weak. But after Art passed away, I thought, what must it have been like? For him to close his eyes for the last time in that room and to open his eyes for the first time in heaven. A marvelous thing. But think, there are people today who close their eyes for the last time on earth and they lifted up their eyes in hell. Some of them were older people. Older people who had no time for God and the gospel. Some of them may have been younger people or teenagers. And while we are preaching the gospel, God is trying to get your attention. That is the purpose for gospel meetings, so that God can speak to sinners. God speaks to sinners in different ways. We understand that God can speak to sinners through the circumstances of life. And there are sinners who have been spoken to when a family member has passed away. And there are sinners who have been spoken to by God when they personally have gotten sick. 
Or maybe they start to think about death. And they start to think about where they will be in eternity. And that really is God speaking. And so many times people try to put it out of their mind. And I know that I'm speaking to some people tonight. And when you leave this gospel meeting, if this message bothers you, you may just pop your earbuds in your ear. Watch a little show. Play a little game. Listen to some music. Watch TV. To try and get that voice out of your mind and all the while God is just trying to get your attention so he can save you. So, having said that, as we look at this man who is brought to the Lord Jesus, let us try and look at it and ask the question, where do I fit in to this story? What really is God saying to me from this story. It says, again he entered Capernaum after some days and it was noised that he was in the house. So the word had gone out. The Lord Jesus has come. And it says, and straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them, not so much as about the door. So very simply, what had happened is that the word had gotten out that the Lord Jesus was here. And these people had heard of him and had seen him, many of them, before. That's why it says, and again he entered Capernaum. Because it was in Capernaum in the previous chapter that he had already accomplished miracles. He had already made himself known to many people in different ways in Capernaum. And they had heard about him. And when he came back, they wanted to see him again. And there were so many people that had gathered around that there was no room for them all in the house. Now the reason I went over that is because I want you to get the picture. It's a house and the crowd was inside. And now the crowd is outside and they're pressed up against the door. And they're all trying to get a glimpse of the man who's inside. And they're all trying to hear what the man has to say. And it says he preached the word unto them. He preached what I would take it to be the word of God. There are times when he would use the Old Testament scriptures to preach the word unto them. But there is something unique about this man. There is something unique about this man that the people recognize. And when they said he speaks as one that has authority, not as the scribes. What they were really saying is that the scribes, they all had to defer to the rabbis and the writings to interpret the scriptures. So they had no authority on their own to say what they were saying. But not this man. This man spoke as one that had authority because he did have authority. He had the power to declare the word of God with authority. And they were listening. And then on this scene come four men. Four men who cared about their friend. Now that might sound too simple, but that's what's going on here. Four men who cared. They cared enough to pick him up. They cared enough to take him to the Lord Jesus because they knew that if he could get to Christ, he could get the use of his legs. He could be healed. They knew that this man, Christ, was able to heal their friend. That's why they took him, because they cared. Now, looked around tonight after I sat down and we started singing. And then I got up and I looked around. I started to see faces that I didn't see last night. And we're very happy to have you here. 
And it is very likely that you came because somebody invited you to the gospel meeting. You know what that is? That's people who care about you. That's people who care about you enough to pray for you. That's people who care about you enough to invite you to a gospel meeting. Because they know this. If you were to get to Christ, you would have everything that you need. If you were to get to Christ, you would receive the forgiveness of sins. And there's nothing better than to have eternal life. There is nothing better than to have the forgiveness of sins. There is nothing better. Now, here's what I want you to think about again. Then to know for sure you will never be in hell. And there's nothing better than knowing the Lord Jesus. They bring him and they couldn't get him in, but they weren't going to give up. They climbed the walls and they started to tear apart the, the tiling on the roof because they knew that if he gets to Jesus, he would be able to help them. And they let him down. You can see perhaps there, there's a bunch of people and as they're listening to the Lord Jesus, they start to look up and they see the roof coming apart. Not an everyday occurrence, right? But here they were and you can see just maybe a hush fall over everybody. As the roof now comes apart and this man is lowered down into the midst of that room to come face to face with the Lord Jesus, everybody looking on and this man looking directly at the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can just lean your ear in and wait to hear. You know what you're waiting to hear? You're waiting to hear what he says, right? We're waiting to hear what the Lord Jesus says. Doesn't matter what Peter says. Good man, Peter. But it doesn't matter what he says. Doesn't matter what John says. Or what Matthew says. If Matthew was there at this time. It doesn't matter what any of these men say. What really matters. What does the Lord Jesus say? What only matters to this man. Is what does he say? If there's anything we could point you to tonight as we preach the gospel, is the absolute importance not of what your church says, not of what the preachers say, and not of what the priest says, but of what God says. What does God say in his word? That is what is important. And everybody listening to hear what the Lord Jesus says, and some may be even expecting or knowing what he, they thought he might say. What would you say? Here's a man who has never walked. And he can't walk, he can't work. If he can't work, he doesn't have money. So what's happened is his physical condition was very serious. And that made all the other aspects of his life more complicated. To where he not only had health problems, he had money problems. And there's no doubt there were times when he had emotional problems. And there's no doubt there were times when it caused conflict among his family and his friends and all of these people who would try to help him. He had all kinds of problems. But if you were to look at him, what would you say is his most important problem? You know, if you're honest, you'd probably say it's, he needs the use of his legs. You fix that, you fix everything, right? Ah, but Jesus knew more. The Lord Jesus knew that going beyond the outside, there was a problem that that man had that was far more serious than just being crippled 
The problem was his sin. His sin. I don't want to stand up here and say that your problems in life are not real. Because they are. There are some people here tonight and you have real health issues. That's serious. It's real. There might be someone here tonight and you have mental issues or emotional issues. Those are real too. Perhaps you're here tonight and you have trouble paying your bills because you have financial issues. All of those things are real. And perhaps you think, if only someone could heal me, I'd be okay. If only someone would give me a million dollars, then I'd be okay, right? You might have thought of that before. Win the lottery is what you want to do, right? But the fact is this. There is one problem in your life that supersedes in importance every other problem. And that is the problem of your sin. You die a billionaire without your sins forgiven. You'll be in hell forever. You die and go out into eternity. Having up to that point had perfect health and good quality of life. You'll still go into eternity. If your sins are not forgiven, you'll be in hell forever. But if you were to have your sins forgiven, then it doesn't matter how much money you have when you die. It doesn't matter what the quality of life was up until the point when you pass away. But the moment you close your eyes in this life, having every sin forgiven, you would open up your eyes in heaven and see the Savior. So, that's how important it is to have the forgiveness of sins. The Lord Jesus looks beyond all the outside and he looks right into the very inward part of that man and he says, Son, thy sins, your sins be forgiven. Wouldn't it be a good thing tonight if there was someone here and you could say, based on what he said, my sins are forgiven. But that caused a disturbance. It really caused an uproar among those people where they started to talk among themselves. And you know what the, the main question was that they said, which is a question that we all need to consider. Now think, who can forgive sins but God only? Who is it that can forgive sins? I remember my grandfather. My grandfather was a nice man. He was a big man, fairly strong, but a very nice man and gentle. And I remember my grandfather coming on the end of his life when he would kneel down beside his bed and he would take his, his religious things and he would start to pray. And he would pray, and I, I had a bed in the same room where I, I lived with him during the last years of his life. He would pray and he would pray and he would pray and he would pray, and he would pray. And he would go to church, and he would confess his sins, and confess, and confess, and confess. You know what he was looking for? The same thing we all need. Our sins forgiven. But if I could go back now, and if I could come alongside of that man, and tell him something, I would say, you know what? You're looking to the wrong person. You're looking in the wrong place. He was trying to get his sins forgiven 
by confessing them to a man at his church. And the fact is this. There's only one person who can forgive sins, and that is God. There's nobody in this room tonight who can forgive sins. There's nobody in all of the earth tonight who can forgive sins, but only God. That's what we need to get. If you are ever going to have your sins forgiven, it needs to be God that does it. And the Lord Jesus says, now wait. Why reason you these things in your hearts? Whither is easier to say to this man, thy sins be forgiven thee, or arise, take up thy bed and walk. He's saying, what is easier for me to do? Now, I'm not going to get into too much about that statement, but I am going to go into the next statement where he says, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power or authority on earth to forgive sins. He says to the man, arise, take up your bed and walk. You know what he was doing? He was going to show in that man the power of God that proved that he had his sins forgiven. You know, I look at the experience of this man, and I look at the experience of that man, Nicodemus, and I look at the man, Zacchaeus, and I think about the woman at the well in John chapter 4, and the man by the pool, and I think about the woman taking the very act of adultery and the blind man in chapter 9 of John. And you think about all of these people who came to know the Lord Jesus and there is one thing that marks their life. They were never the same again. Never the same again. Now, they weren't perfect, but they were different. And there was a power that was made evident here to prove that this man had his sins forgiven. You know, there's a power, a power in the gospel. There's authority, the power that the Lord Jesus had on earth to forgive sins. But there's also a power connected with a person who has a real experience of salvation where they have their sins forgiven. Let's not forget, the most important thing for you is not that we change your religion The most important thing for you is not that you try to do your best. The most important thing is that you will have your sins forgiven. Nothing is more important than having your sins forgiven and knowing it. Eternity is far too long to call yourself a fool for not believing God. We all need to have our sins forgiven if we are to spend eternity close to Him, close to the very God of heaven. Dying with your sins unforgiven places us in an eternal state of separation from God and all that is good. Don't put off this matter any longer. Trust Christ today. He has already made the payment for sins on the cross. He and only He can save you. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. 
Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday night, as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. Also, feel free to take a look at other literature and audio offers at anchorpointradio.com, where you can also subscribe to our Anchor Point podcast. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.